Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay. Great to have you back, Guy. Great to talk to you again. Um, how's life been so far in the UK? Good. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit, um, you know, uncertain with the various kind of political changes, etc. But everything's, other than that, everything's great. Thank you. I did hear the Prime Minister resign. That was quick, quick, wasn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Yeah, very strange. But um, obviously not a political podcast. But uh, we're here to talk about you and your, your history. And uh, we've obviously talked before, and it's always a pleasure. So um, great to chat again. Oh, and, uh, you know, Thank you. I mean, for the purpose of the audience, I think it'd be great to we can start with sort of your career history and, and a bit of your background um, as you've done so much in the industry. And uh, I think there's various topics we can talk about today. So, um, yeah, maybe if you can start from that and uh, let's hear your sort of uh, your long legacy in the industry. That'd be great. <laughs> Thank you very much, Christopher. Well, I mean, you know, it's, you know, very lucky to work in such an amazing, an amazing industry. And, and yeah, sure, I started off in in 1988, I'm really showing my age now, 1988 with, with Guinness. Um, yeah. And um, and that, that was great fun. And I spent 16 years at Bacardi um, and worked on, you know, a number of great brands there, including Bacardi Rum, but also Jewish Whiskey, for example. And then um, joined Jägermeister and spent seven years at Jägermeister setting up the UK operation and, and, and subsequently also not only running the UK, but also running Latin America for them. And then joined Brotman's, um, uh, you know, at the beginning of 2000 just before or just as uh, just before in fact COVID hit but um so yeah i've been in the industry since 88 pretty much um you know man and boy and all of that and um yeah it's been you know fantastic fun i mean it's 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 there are so many amazing people who work in 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 this you know this category in this world um and you know, it's been great to work with some of what I've worked for some incredible leaders um, who are some of whom are still running some of the, the you know, the, the, the best and top companies, you know, in the industry. And, and I've also worked with some just really good, fun, professional, talented people. Um, and I guess, you know, uh, that's why, you know, I really, really enjoy what I do. And, um, you know, I love it. And, and hopefully I'll um, look forward to be working in it for as long as I possibly can, you know, until eventually um, everyone's had enough of me. Um, and actually, funny <laughs> on that note, I'm surprised they haven't had enough of me already. But anyhow, um, so no, it's it's great. And um, it's been a, um, an honor to work in the industry for as long as I have. Great, fantastic. I mean, um, you know, that was that was such a short recap, but in reality, there's so many years and uh, an experience there. And uh, your current role is obviously CEO of Brockman's Gin. But um, you know, what other roles have you held in the industry? I, I'm sure you've worn multiple hats in different sort of departments. Um, what has been sort of the most um, memorable, or, or I guess most of the the roles you've held, which have been more, um, you know, your biggest achievements? Where would you like to start with that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think. 
I mean, I, you know, I've done a lot of different, you know, sales and, and marketing. I think mainly I've been in, in marketing and I was, I was very lucky in the early days to be the brand manager on Draft Guinness in Cans, which we launched in the UK. And um, that went on to be one of the, at the time, you know, it, you know, you know, every sort of few years, there's the most successful new product launch ever. Uh, and um, a draft Guinness in Cairns in its day was 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 called the most successful new product launch ever, and um, so that that was that was that was really good fun. Um, when I was at Bacardi, I ended up as um, global brand director in about ninety eight ninety nine on on the ready to drink portfolio, and we grew that business from yeah we grew that from from five million cases to thirty million cases in four years, and I was the sort of global brand director, global marketing director, running that program and um, launching all around the world in all kinds of different markets um, with everybody going, it's never going to work here. And then subsequently, you know, a year, two years down the line, seeing the business explode. Um, so that was that was that was a, 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 um, a big hit um, in, in the sense of a, a big result. Um, and then, um, you know, setting up the UK route to market for Jägermeister was obviously a, um, also a highlight for me. Um, and, um, um, you know, that, that was just a, a really good, uh, fun business um, and, a, you know, challenge, you know, um, setting up our own operation. I mean, the, the brand was already being very successful in the market. And but we had to recruit a team of 70 people and um, and set up our own operation to, to do that. And that was, you know, that was that was a, um, a lot of fun. Um, you know, those are just some of the things. I mean, there's, 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 a, there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many um, stories I can uh, and, and um, um, bits of experience I can, I can, you know, draw on and share. But, but those are some of the, some of the highlights. And now, of course, Brotman's, which is, which is brilliant. It's such an exciting brand, and it's got so much potential. And, you know, we've really had to, um, you know, it was, you know, I, I literally arrived um, in the company, um, you know, middle of January 2020, and I'd. I was sort of, I, you know, I remember having pulled together my 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 thoughts on what we were going to do as a business over the, the sort of first eight weeks, and um, you know, sixty days in, you know, and and like, this is my vision, and and but literally that weekend, you know, the world was sort of falling off a cliff, and I had this deck that I'd written, and it was like I've got to rewrite it because, you know, the the world is literally changing in front of our eyes as as as. The on trade went into lockdown, and um, um, a brand that had been built in the on premise, it was it was clear we were going to have to pivot towards the off premise. So, um, um, you know, you know, super exciting, and um, but yeah, I've, I've I've been very lucky to have, have have experienced lots of different things over the years. I can imagine, and you've probably seen a lot of changes in the industry as well. Um, you know, particularly if you think the last ten years, the sort of cocktail culture has, um, you know grown so much and it's now sort of um, a huge force um you know what what's uh, what have been some of the biggest changes you've seen um over maybe say the last 10 years um or even this sort of um the 2000s is there anything sort of really dramatic you've seen that um you're quite happy now that the industry's got to yeah i mean i think in terms of changes i mean it's a it's a really interesting question christopher um I think, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, when I started off, you know, we, we <laughs> email didn't exist. Okay. So, and, 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 you know, and I mean, we didn't have mobile phones, you know, so, and I, and I remember with a, a colleague of mine going and sitting down and, and, and making a pitch to the marketing director at the time, like why we needed mobile phones, you know? Um, but um, no, I think, I think, you know, recently, uh, obviously the advent of, you know, the internet, 
um, and just the digitization of everything um, has changed how we shop, how we behave, how we um, uh, how we consume. And I think I think I think um, actually the kind of um, personalization. I mean, personalization has been a massive consumer trend, and you see that playing out in in things like cocktail creation. You know, you know, in terms of the the individuality that expressed through cocktails in, in every different bar you go to. Um, but also actually consumers loving to experiment um, by trying different cocktails as well, you know, and so um, and, and, you know, that whole cocktail trend has been has been, you know, it, it they didn't exist in the late 90s. In fact, in the late 90s, when I was a, um, um, a Bacardi, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to, you know, we were trying to get the mojito going then. And we invested lots behind the mojito back in the, the, the you know, mid late nineties. And, and, you know, yes, it did eventually, it got established. You know, obviously it then became, you know, at a certain point, you know, the most popular cocktail, of course, it's things have moved on, um, um, from then. And, um, um, I don't know about you, but I mean, one of my favorites is Negroni. I love Negroni. So Brockman's Negroni is, is, is kick ass, you know? So, so, um, yeah, I mean, cocktails have been have been huge. And also, I think the other um, um, big development has been um, the it's kind of, you know, um, consumption on premise consumption is much more experiential these days. Um, and um, you really see that in some of the bars that you can go to around the world. Um, you know, some just just some, some incredibly creative outlets. I was in um, Control Room B, uh, which is in Battersea Power Station on uh, Wednesday evening, for example. and. Um, one of um, Charlie and Duncan's venues, and and you know again, it's just like just just so creative, and uh, I really I really love that, and I think it's it's you know that's one of many um, that um, you see um, um, Andre operators investing in, and it's it's a great it's you know, giving consumers a really interesting rich experience, and that just didn't exist ten years ago. Mm. Can we touch more on that? I mean, obviously, we're gonna going to Brockman's and sort of how you got started, but uh, I'd really like to hear more about the sort of experiential um, bars you were talking about and sort of maybe some examples. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I think, I think you know, you, you see them all, all over the world, um, but um, yeah, I think it's just giving consumers, you know, great, um, interesting, um, experiences um you know and it could be um i mean you know that the trailer happiness would be a, a one that's been around for, a, for for many years um but also you then go to um you know i mean you know some of the for example you know i don't know um you know mr fogs or whatever in london is another example of that um but um you know i, I think it's it's it takes a lot of investment and it's a lot of um, uh, inspiration, frankly, from the bar owners um, to sort of get behind it and do it and take the risk. But I think those that do uh, reap the rewards. Yeah, so I, I guess great you, great example, Mr. Foggs, it's sort of they got that whole concept down to a T and it's sort of um, uh, Mr. Foggs the Explorer, right? And uh, that, that's sort yeah. of built into the, the venue itself, the design, the menu. So yeah, it's all kind of part of one package. So yeah, I do agree on that point. Yeah. In terms of um, Brockman's, you know, how did that come about? How was the the first conversation? When did you first see the brand? When did you approach it? Yeah, I mean, I I, I got um, I actually came across Brockman's probably I don't know twenty seventeen twenty eighteen or so, and then I got chatting to Neil in in twenty nineteen. Um, in fact, actually, the first time I ever came across Brockman's, I was in a 
a bar down in uh, Winchester and the guys and I was, you know, there was a new gin bar had been built and I went there and I was like, oh, you know, this, this is really interesting. It was a sort of big gin trend happening probably about 2016 or so, 2017. And I was like, oh, what should I try? And the barman said, oh, well, you've got to try this one, Brotman's Gin. It's fantastic. You know, so I, that was my first experience of Brotman's. And um, I then subsequently went on and met Neil, and um, uh, who's, who's basically the founder and who was the CEO at the time. And, and, um, and you know, we chatted a, a few times over two or three years. And then subsequently, um, um, in 2019, you know, we got talking and, and, and that was when I agreed I'd join, I'd join the business. And, you know, what a great decision that was. And, um, you know, really um, had, you know, so much fun over the last three years building the brand and working with Neil and the team that um, were here and the new team that we've um, established, you know, but, but, but the brand itself was um, created in um, 2008 by Neil and some friends. They came together. They wanted to create a gin that was unlike anything else that had been, um, um, you know, on the market before they wanted to really change the way gin would be, you know, perceived actually. And so, um, you know, they actually wanted to really set out, they set out to kind of challenge conventions in terms of gin consumption. So basically what they did was went back, looked at all the traditions of gin, wanted to respect all the traditions, but also wanted to challenge conventions and do things differently. Um, and, um, and, 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 and that's what they did. And, and so Brockman's was born. And, you know, it's, um, as you mentioned, sort of started uh, just before the pandemic. And uh, obviously, that must have been quite a challenging time. And uh, you, we've got through now. And luckily, this year has been a bit better. But um, what are some of your um, your duties? And I, I suppose uh, it'd be great to hear the daily uh, tasks that you would have as a CEO. And I suppose that would cover multiple aspects of the business and, and wearing multiple hats as well. But um, it'd be great to hear if there's sort of some... Um, some normal, um, you know, procedures that as, as a person in your role m would mostly undertake working with a brand like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there are many different um, aspects that one has to consider when you're running a business. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you know, you, you've got to make sure you're, you know, delivering on what you've promised to the board and what you've promised to your shareholders. So you've always got an eye on on that you've always got an eye on how the business is running but but then of course it's you've also got the team you know that you've got to look after work with and make sure that they're happy um and um and that they're getting the development and support that they need to be able to you know thrive in the jobs that they're doing so we spend you know i spend as much time thinking about that as i do about thinking about the numbers and 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 as i do about thinking about the brand in the markets and in the bars and and and, and building the kind of brand from a consumer marketing perspective. I think, you know, if you said on a day-to-day -day basis, what, what do I do? I mean, it's, it's you know, we have an office in Soho. We, you know, I work from home a couple of days a week. We have an office in Soho, which is, which is great. Um, we try and come together as a team for at least kind of two to three days during the week, because I don't know about you, but I find I mean, I suppose the reason I love the industry is because I love people, and and you know we have we have a lot of fun in the office, you know, and um, you know I've got you know I've got a terrific you know group of people in the team, and you know we have some great banter, you know, and and you know, but it's not we're not just sitting there cracking jokes all day long. It's you know it's it's you know very productive, and and actually 
two people's brains, three people's brains, five people's brains are always better than an individual's. And so, you know, yes, I also enjoy working from home. And what working from home does is allow you the time to focus. So if I need to focus on the P&L, I, you know, I can. If I need to spend some time with my ops director talking about production, I can. If I need to spend time writing a report for the board, which I do, you know, I can, you know, and you can be really focused working from home. But also teams and people build brands and people build businesses together. So getting together is, is really, really powerful. So, so we try and do that, you know, three days a week or so. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's very varied, you know, it's very varied. I might, I might have a meeting with a, a one or two meetings during the week with a distributor. I might um, uh, meet up with, I might go around, a, you know, you know, two or three bars. I try and get out in the trade as much as I can. Um, I might, um, um, I'll definitely, um, have, you know, you know, four or five meetings with, um, you know, key employees on, on, on various topics. Um, and you know, it is, it is, it is very varied. Um, and, um, as I said, you know, it's great fun. I love it. And I suppose plenty of gin and tonics along the way as well. <laughs> plenty of gin and tonics. We have a bar in our oh, office, nice. which is, which is <laughs> nice. We don't use it enough. Uh, but um, that's probably a good thing, I guess, I suppose. Um, but um, no, I mean, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, I, I try to get into the trade at least once, if not, you know, twice a week. I try and, you know, get out and see customers whenever I can. It's, you know, obviously we have a global business, so that, you know, it tends to be quite UK focused. I'm based in the UK, but I travel when I can. Um, you know, I'm going to be in I'm going to be in Milan in a couple of weeks' time in Italy. And for example, Italy's doing really well for us. I'm going to be in Spain in in the, the first week of December. Spain again is another market that we started in that went through a, you know a, a um, you know a big kind of a gin boom. You know, and it's it's it remains one of our best performing markets. I mean, we're, we're growing really really well there at the moment. So I'm mean, you know back out there at the beginning of December. And so, I mean, actually just thinking about it as well, I mean, you talked about teams and how it's really a people industry and that's sort of what you love. And I suppose you've led quite a lot of teams in, in multiple organizations. Um, it'd be great to hear about some of, um, you know, maybe your leadership style and some advice you would give um, for leading sort of big teams themselves. Um, how big is the team right now at Brockman's? We've got about 12 people at the moment. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a small team, but we, you know, I, I, I kind of like it that way for the business that we are. We're a small business, independent business. Um, you know, from a, from a, a British gin brand perspective, a super premium gin with, with the largest international, you know, British super premium gin. But, but, um, but we're a small team because we use teams in other markets to build the brand. We use distributors in the 50 odd markets we're in to build, to build the brand. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's in terms of my leadership style, I, I guess it's, uh, how would I describe it? I mean, it, we try and set the vision. I try to empower the teams to deliver against the vision. I try and give them enough space to let them get on with and, and, and do the job. Uh, but I, I believe in, in high performance uh, and, um, you know, high performance is about empowering people, um, but it's, it's also about investing in their development and their training and their skills. But it is also about the detail um, and measuring success. And if you look at all the, the most successful teams, it's from a sporting perspective, they measure everything um, and they work out what, what works and what generates results and what doesn't. 
and they focus more on what generates results. Um, I believe in coaching culture. So what I mean by that is I believe that, you know, part of my role as the boss is to support and coach the team. So there's lots of feedback. Um, but also, you know, I have an independent coach that that I'm coached. I have I personally have a coach, but also I make the coach available to all the team as well so that he's there as a resource that they can use to help them improve their performance. Um, and um, that's something that is available for people to use as 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 they want to use it. And um, the feedback I get on that is it's is it's very good. You know, we we try to we try to measure our culture as best we can. We use investors in people uh, to do that. Um, and we're obviously we're a very small company, so um, we um, um, I, I don't use more sophisticated systems than that. But when we ran Jägermeister, for example, um, we used investors in people, but we also used Sunday Times best companies and we had various kind of happiness surveys and things like that. Um, and in fact, we, we built Jägermeister into being one of the top 100 um, Sunday Times small companies to work for in the in, in the UK by their definition. Um, you know, and so those sort of accolades are, are great and, and culture's incredibly important and I think is um, um, often overlooked. Um, but it's like it's 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 very, you know, it's 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 fundamental to business success. And um, I'd like to jump into maybe coaching and, and also the measurement as well. Like, in terms of coaching, how would a normal coaching session run? And, and you know, what, what sort of goes into um, coaching a team? How would you sort of go around that? Well, I think, I think, I think um, it kind of depends. So it's obviously individual to start with. So it's not, this isn't a, um, um, this isn't a, um, a, a, you know, a, a team thing in the sense of, you know, you've got to coach with a whole team there. It's like, so I will, I will have individual feedback sessions with various team members and it'll be around, well, what's, what's worked really well, what's, what hasn't worked so well, stop, start, do more, continue, all that kind of stuff. But then they as individuals will have coaching sessions with our coach. And if I think about, you know, how I use our coach, it's very much around, you know, it's right. What's working? What's not working? You know, and 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 and, and usually when, when it, what a coach does is a coach will typically ask you questions. So so you know, as a leader, what I will do is typically ask questions about you know, well, you know, you know, how are you finding this? How are you finding that? You know, have you you know have you th thought about this way of thinking about it? Have you looked at that way of thinking about it? Have you spoken to X? Have you spoken to Y? You know, and I think it's like actually because what a coach often does is it gives you the opportunity to reflect on how you're doing and you suddenly start thinking about things from a different perspective. Um, and there's also techniques you can use, like, you know, stand in a future result and look back and talk about, you know, what worked and what didn't work. And, and, and um, so we use some of those techniques in terms of, you know, getting to the visualization of what success might look like and, and what some of the barriers might be. Um, and, you know, it seems to seems to work well. And, you know, so measurement wise, um, what are some of the metrics that are measured? You mentioned about surveys. So I've seen these before, um, you know, working in organizations, you'd have like a, a happiness survey. But um, is there any other way you sort of track um, measurements and any way to record it? What, what, what would you normally um, use? I and mean, are there any tools or uh, tried and true practices? Well, I think, I mean, I, I believe in kind of what I would call co-creation and and collaboration on these things I, I don't think it's 
a case i don't believe it's i'm kind of very much bottom up right in in that sense it's not it's it's not that i don't have a point of view about what the vision of whatever the business is that i'm running should be it, it's more that it's like the way you really create a vision that works for the organization is you've got to listen to the whole organization so you have to build it together and i've always found that if you build a vision and a mission together as a team it's just so much more powerful because you know the reality of life is that one person does not have all the answers that the one person does not have all the insight the reality of life is that that you get to a better place by building on the ideas and insights of a broad diverse team and and that's that's that that's just like you know for me that is absolutely at the heart of the philosophy of of Brockman's and uh, the philosophy of, of how I lead and, 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 and run a business. So, you know, I want I want to hear what everybody's got to say. I want to hear everyone's ideas on how we can take uh, the brand and the business to the next level. I want to hear everyone's ideas on what they think the vision should be. And then what happens is you kind of, con you know, everybody, you end up concentrating and, and sort of filtering it down to a kind of core idea. And, and that then nets out as as you know, the vision, mission, values, and, and, and ultimately they tend to stick because everyone feels they've contributed to them. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it must be quite difficult running large organizations and, and trying to manage. And um, I think yeah. it's also important as well because I, I believe a lot of people listening will be either running uh, uh, teams like you are in a, in a sort of brand or, or maybe with a distributor, but also bartenders and bar managers who are running their own sort of maybe smaller teams in a venue. Um, you know, one thing you did mention is sort of uh, trying to, um, you know, lead the vision and show the vision of, of where you're going. And that is, I think, sometimes something a lot of people struggle with. Um, so in terms of like how to be visionary and how to sort of um, pass that on to your team, how, how would you? I, I mean, uh, I think, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been been in nearly nearly three years now on Broadway. It's amazing how time how time flies. But I think. The first thing is, is that whatever you do, you're always going to come with a whole load of ideas. And, 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 and that's also true of, of when I arrived here at Broadmoors. I definitely had, because of my experiences with a brand and the conversations I'd had with, with Neil, um, who's the founder, um, I, you know, I had a lot of ideas on the business. But you've kind of got to sort of park those a bit and listen and talk to everybody in the company and actually understand the business from their perspective and make sure that you don't jump to conclusions too quickly. It, it's, it's tempting and easy to do that, but I would encourage any uh, leader or, or anyone, you know, getting into a, a senior role not to do that too soon, because I think you can, you know, misunderstand situations and, and circumstances if you're not careful. Um, it's not to say that you shouldn't act fast and it's not to say that you shouldn't make quick decisions and it's not to say you shouldn't leverage your experience as a leader and as a, a highly experienced individual but it's just to recognize that you know there are you know any situation circumstance brand um, performance issue challenge opportunity you know is multi-dimensional and complex and interpreting it correctly you know, takes time. I mean, yes, you know, there are lots of very clever people out there in the world, but, you know, more, you know, two heads are always better than one. 
Um, and um, so you've got to listen and you've got to be humble in that respect and um, and, and take the time to learn and, and accept that you, you know, that you'll have a what's called a, you know, Jahari's window, a, an area of that business topic that you don't know, you don't know. And um, and you've got to close that 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 gap. And you do that through um, dialogue and through talking to the people and listening and and reflecting and and, and then pulling together um, um, your thoughts and, and through collaboration and co-creation coming up with a strategy and a plan. We'll, we'll wrap up very soon, Guy, and thank you very much for your time today. Um, maybe just a couple more questions. And um, it'd be really interesting to hear what you've got planned for the rest of the year with the brand or with yourself and uh, obviously coming up to Christmas now as well. Um, what, what's going on in the UK? Is there anything sort of um, quite in, any interesting developments going on? Yeah, I mean, I think at the moment we are um, we're driving out into new markets um, all around the world. So, so you know, we just got a big initiative going on in Latin America. We are um, pushing travel retail quite hard as well. So, um, lots of new initiatives there um, in in multiple markets, including the Nordics and the Caribbean, including Spain and and um, and Central Europe. We do about ninety percent of our business in Europe, so, so um, that's um, a very big area for us. And then in terms of sort of new stuff coming up, um, we've got new packaging hitting the market towards the end of this year, beginning of next. So so look out for that. Um, we've also got some, um, we will have some, although I can't talk much about it, I'm afraid, Christopher, we will have some new products coming out into the market next year as well. So keep an eye out, keep an eye out for those too. Um, we, you know, if you look in the market, generally, you know, the, 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 the sort of the, the economic outlook isn't, isn't, you know, isn't isn't that encouraging, is it, around the world? So um, we're going to double down on our investment and we're going to start investing more um, uh, in order to um, drive um, enhanced uh, performance, enhanced con connection with consumers. And, 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 and hopefully if there is some kind of um, recession or global recession that will come out the other side of it, better placed. Um, so, you know, so, you know, we're, we're, we are a David in a world of Goliaths and um, um, there's like five or six Goliaths out there and we're just a little kind of independent British brand um, and um, which and we love being independent we love being British and uh, of course and um, you know but we're going to win you know we're going we're going to be here we're, we are here for the long run and um, you know we're, we're continuing to invest for that and um, and I think you know one thing I, it's important to say is that we have got to where we've got to as a result of the support of, you know, literally thousands of on-trade customers um, um, and off-trade, but, you know, on-trade bartenders around the world. And I mean, we are just so grateful for that support. Um, it's, it's, it's really appreciated. And, um, you know, we, we wouldn't, frankly, we wouldn't be here without it. So we we recognize that and we appreciate it. And so for those of you listening that are in the trade, thank you for your support. It's much appreciated. And, um, um, and yeah, you know, hopefully we will continue to, to deliver a fantastic British product um, as we have been doing for, you know, over a decade now. So yeah, fantastic. lots to come. Great stuff. Um, maybe just one last question to wrap up, and I know you're probably a very busy man, so um, I'll let you go soon. But uh, what what would be um, really interesting here is um, your sort of uh, maybe forecast or, or um, what you believe is going to be happening next for the gin category itself. 
Um, maybe we could say about the super premium, or I mean, all the whole category. But I'll let you choose on that. You know, I think the the category will continue to grow, um, and uh, when you look at the various bits of research and the studies, you know, IWSR is a is a great source of information. Now they're predicting roughly super premium gin will grow at fifteen percent per annum for the next five years. Now. It might grow at 15%, it might grow at 8%, it might grow at 10%. I mean, who, who might grow at 20%? It's difficult to say. But the outlook generally across the world is very positive for super premium uh, category, for the super premium gin category, um, and probably for super premium categories generally, uh, but gin in particular. I mean, and I agree with them, and I agree with their diagnosis and their prognosis. Um, you know, in, in the short term, you know, I think you know that there's definitely some some economic headwinds uh, which you can see coming, and um, that is um, you know is is just a, a factor that we're going to have to uh, have to deal with. Um, but um, you know, I, you know, consumers love gin. I mean, it's a super interesting category. They're very very engaged. Whenever we do research uh, on our brand around the world, you know, we always start about talking about gin as a, as a sort of in its generality and. There's a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of interest in the category. And um, um, so I think the outlook's you know, very positive. That's brilliant. Guy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you once more. Um, it's really interesting to hear you and, uh, and, and all about your career. And of course, we could talk for hours, I believe, with the amount of experience you've had and, and stories you must have to tell. So, uh, yeah, no, once again, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure, Christopher. Pleasure. It's a joy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, no worries. And uh, for the audience listening, I'll make sure that um, all the relevant links and, uh, uh, and more information will be in the show notes where you can find there. So once again, Guy, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bad Bar.